Angie Coombs, The Waterfall Journey. Essential for Travelers, Save to Serve. Becoming a Christian is so much more than attending a church and being present on a Sunday. Yet many people view their faith as just this, sitting in the same pew, Sunday by Sunday, year on year. Yes, they may play their part on the coffee rota and take part in the functions of the church, but they perhaps have no place to learn and grow, to develop a depth of spiritual maturity. The framework of the church may stifle what it truly means to be a follower of Christ. Indeed, some Christians seem to be unaware of the need to travel, to grow and to mature. The disciples of Jesus did not have the structure of a church round them and the need to conform to ritual and traditions. Following Jesus was about listening obeying and taking action, and through those actions, drawing in relationship, understanding, trust and faith, and moving from milk to meat in maturity. We were created for purpose. There used to be a tagline in evangelical circles, saved to serve. This is essentially the fulcrum of Christian life. God calls us into his story because he has chosen to use us and to need us for his purposes. Journeying, as we have discovered in the waterfall journey, towards healing and wholeness is necessary so that we can be fully effective and utilized in the service of God. Initially on our journey, we may be inward looking as we find our feet and our faith. However, from the beginning, God will always be looking and providing opportunities for us to serve others. The journey is not just for ourselves, but for those we travel with. As the community encounters new landscapes, we learn from one another, and our growth then feeds our individual and corporate ministries. If we follow Jesus, he will bring us to a place where we will reap the harvest for him in both areas. John 7 verse 38 says, Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, streams of living water will flow from within him. We have learnt through the waterfall journey that in God's economy we are here as vessels to be filled to release blessings to others. We have a choice, but it's like the parable of the talents. To those to whom much is given, much is expected. Therefore we need to be aware and available to the Holy Spirit's leading. Then as we are willing, the Holy Spirit will bring more and more opportunities. He will bestow blessings on you for service, trusting that you will give it away to others. A gentleman called Will Huff said, When the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit, in Acts 2 verse 4, they did not lease the upper room and stay there to hold holiness meetings. 
They went everywhere preaching the gospel. Let's look at another perspective. God always viewed his people as a kingdom of priests. In Exodus chapter 19 verse 3 to 6 it says this, Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, and how I carried you on eagles' wings, and brought you to myself. Now, if you fully obey me and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. What does this mean? Israel is called a kingdom of priests who will enjoy the privileges of living under God's direct kingly rule as his treasured possession, but also as priests standing between God and his world, representing God to the world and the world to God. Further, as the priestly kingdom, Israel is entrusted with God's word and worship so that others might come to know him. Be holy as I am holy becomes Israel's national charter a people set apart and reflecting God's image to the world, as Adam and Eve had been intended to. As they failed, so Israel fails time and time again, as the worship of lives lived for God, the vehicle that carries the uniqueness of the relationship, becomes forgotten. Only in Jesus did this priestly kingship have perfect expression. But for God, this has always been his aim, and now his church carries this charge. In the New Testament, in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 and 10, it says this, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the big picture now, that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Jesus speaks of us being witnesses for him. We're all aware of the Great Commission at the end of Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This commission carries two objectives of service. 
mission and pastoral care, plus two Jesus-sized encouragements for those who undertake the commission. The first objective is mission, and it comes in verse 18 of Matthew 28. Go, make disciples of all nations. Action is needed, but the outcome is certain and will be attained. It is well to remember that a disciple not only learned from his teacher knowledge and understanding, but also the intention was for him to become like the teacher in values and vision. This takes time and investment in people, because as we've seen in the waterfall journey, discipleship is a way of life. And what is obvious is that only disciples can make disciples. It is a check to understand that not everyone who goes out on a worthy mission is equipped to serve in making disciples. To bless certainly, but not necessarily to fulfill the commission of Jesus. Was it to be done in the lifetime of those who heard the commission from Jesus' lips? Well, we know this was not so. Jesus addressed himself to all who in every age would take up the same service. And as the baton was passed on, all of them received his commission at that moment. To set the seal of visible discipleship upon converts, they were to be baptised into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And please note this was the start of their journey of discipleship and not the culmination. Just reflect for a moment on your own journey. At what point did you step into discipleship? The second objective of the Commission is pastoral care. Jesus said, Teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And remember, it took Jesus three years to teach his disciples the how of discipleship as well as the values, the spirit, and the closeness of the relationship. Unless we experience that reality of the love and care of our Father for us as his children, we cannot share it with others. The temptation for God's people is to forget this challenging vocation and turn God into our exclusive possession or make religion into a private, self-serving experience. What must have been the feelings of the first disciples on receiving such a commission? Who? Us? But how are we to conquer the world for you, Lord? We're only fishermen with little learning and no influence. How can that be? We too may feel this is beyond us. How can we make a difference? First, we become disciples, following the waterfall journey. Then we obey and go. We need not feel overwhelmed if we take note of the two encouragements that Jesus gives to those who would undertake and go through with this work. Firstly, Jesus says, All power in heaven that is the whole power of heaven's love, wisdom and resources and all the power on earth. 
That is power over all peoples, governments, circumstances and nations to get them ready to receive the gospel. All this is given to Jesus and now in his name and bearing his authority he sends us out. Jesus says, all power in heaven and all power in earth is given unto me, therefore go. Both the strategy and the resources and the timings are his. And secondly, Jesus goes on to say, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We do not go alone. We go with Jesus on his heart's business. So where are you? We've been learning to be disciples, not just for our own benefit, but for the good of the kingdom. We've learned how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, to be filled, to walk in his overflowing, and we need to give that away. John chapter 4 verses 13 and 14 say, Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. There is a high calling on each of us, and it's not about how we feel, but how God both views us and trusts us. What is your calling? It can be found where the passion of your heart intersects with your abilities and your gifting. What makes you excited? So if you do not know your calling, there's a question to ask the Lord. Ask him to reveal to you what he wants you to be doing now, to give away what he's pouring into you.